Good morning, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to another day of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Today is day 799 of our broadcast. We also say day blank since we came on the air. Sometimes. But that feels a little odd now. Not because of our period off the air, but also because it really takes me back to the first days after the outbreak. That's actually what I want to talk about today. But before I do that, I almost forgot to introduce myself. I'm Max O'Brien. There are a lot of things that feel similar now that the horde has moved through to the way the world was after the first outbreak. It's almost disorienting now. We'd gotten used to seeing more people on the streets, and during the daylight at least. The storefronts downtown had become occupied by people running their own businesses again. We weren't safe, but we were capable of handling the danger. There was hope, running amok up and down the streets. But now... It's like a ghost town out there again. People evacuated before Medusa and everything, and everybody that was left behind, well, it's not pretty. I had almost forgotten how much clearing had to be done in the early days to make the city livable again. Clearing of debris and destruction, but also clearing of bodies, both zombies and non-zombies. There are fewer dead in the streets this time around. There's at least that as a positive. I hope everyone who left got far enough away. I wonder if they'll come back. I wonder what they'll come back to. That's what I really wanted to get to today. We took a little winding road to get here, but I think it was necessary. Yesterday we had to go on a scavenging run. Listeners, our scavenging, and yours I assume, had slowed down a lot. We didn't need to loot stores and homes as much because trade was alive again. People were raising livestock and crops, trading and making and living off things that were new to this new world, not the things left over from how the world used to be. But all the gardens were destroyed by the horde. The farming community of St. Eloise is gone. There's not a lot left behind. It's like it was before when we were living off of fish and canned ravioli, except now there's no more canned ravioli, so it's really just fish. Agnes and I went into town yesterday to do some scavenging. As we cut across campus towards the center of town, it felt like passing through a memory. Two years is a long time, and somehow no time at all. And then I saw where the community bulletin board had stood. It was destroyed. Raised to the ground. You'd think a zombie wouldn't want to waste their energy on objects, structures, and buildings. But Medusa was more like a hurricane than an invading army. Agnes was very stoic about it. I could tell it bothered her. She was the one who had first noticed people were using the board again, and I think her broadcast about it helped popularize it even more. But we kept going. We headed to Main Street, to one of the storefronts that looked promising. It used to be a hair salon, but now it was a home. We didn't have any kind of relationship with the people who lived together there, and frankly, I'm not sure it was always the same group of people, but people meant food, and we needed to find what we could. We passed through what used to be the reception area for the salon, I assumed from the desk in the entryway, and into the main room. Each station had claimed as the personal space of a different person. There were cots on the ground, and each mirror was covered with knickknacks, books and notes, small trinkets. 
it looked like the studio. Not that the studio looks like a hair salon. It was, it was nested, for lack of a better word. These people, just like us, had accumulated things found on scavenging runs and homemade goods that had been traded for. You could get a sense of each individual based on what they had used to make their station feel like a home. It made me really sad. It was sadder than seeing the empty houses like we used to, because those were things left behind by people who had made it through the first apocalypse, only to be driven away by what feels like a second one. I think Agnes felt the same way, even though we both seemed determined to not talk about it. We took what we could from the makeshift kitchen. The evacuees had clearly taken most of their stash, but some things had been left behind, like jars of homemade pickles and jams and a small pot of honey. As we were leaving, I knew that the people who had abandoned this place had done so knowing full well that they might not ever come back, and even if they did, there would be no guarantee they would return to anything they had left behind. Who knows? Someone else might even move in before they come back, and then not even the space they used to occupy would be there anymore. But it felt kind of weird nonetheless. In the early days, there was this big shift. The world as we knew it was over, and that meant any empty house was understood to be empty, a relic of how things used to be. But these people who lived in the hair salon lived in the new world with us. They had taken a building and made it a home with precious items acquired through wit and work and saved for no reason other than that they were precious to them. How would I have felt if someone had looted the station while we were gone? I don't like to think about it. Anyway, I don't have any peace to make with this other than knowing that it's what we had to do. And doing what we had to, no matter how unpleasant or new and strange it is, is how we survived this long. As long as we don't hurt anyone on purpose, of course. Uh, How about this? If the people who lived in the hair salon are still alive and close enough to listen, when you come back, stop by the station. We'll make it right with a trade. We'll give you some books for the pickles, jam, and honey, or, or whatever we have by then worth trading. Um... I've run long today, so I'll wrap it up here. Um, For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, I'm Max O'Brien. Take care of each other.